to stand Against evil we must make a stand We snuck in the scary face Wearing a black mask on our face Covered by children and face Rebels fight Imperials in space Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is episode number 25. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Brian Seddon. With me is Chad Viss. Greets. And Brian North. How you doing? All right. Glad we waited for it. It's always a pause. I don't get it, but it's you, so I guess that's it now. Um. So thanks for listening to us. You know, if you listen to our last podcast, we did a Carrie Fisher tribute. Um, you know, I just want to explain that again. We we separated those uh, that because we wanted just a single episode where we talked about Carrie Fisher and paid homage to her. Um, didn't feel like it was right to talk about episode eight and episode nine. You know, in conjunction with with her death. So you know, we are going to talk about those things in this podcast episode. So if you feel like we're being um, insensitive and you know we need to let it breathe you know we did take a time out and, and do uh, devote a single podcast to just Carrie Fisher um, so go back and listen to that if you haven't gotten a chance to um, but this podcast you know we're going to move forward and, and continue talking about Star Wars and yes we are going to talk about the impact um, that Carrie Fisher's you know untimely and sad death uh, is may have on the movie and um and then talk about other things. We'll talk about some Rogue One. We'll talk about uh, Rebels, and then whatever else, uh, whatever else these guys have as well. So, that being said, um, you know we'll, we'll go ahead and, and start talking about uh, Episode Eight. So, you know, a lot of people have wondered what's going to happen with uh, the new Episode Eight and and Episode Nine, and you know where were they at? So, filming was done it was completed um all of princess or carrie leia's um i'm sorry carrie fisher's mm-hmm. scenes uh were completed so all of princess leia's scenes were completed um you know other than i'm sure there were going to be reshoots there's always reshoots and things they want to touch up and um but principal photography was done so um they also said that uh they aren't going to um they don't need to address her her death in episode 8 which obviously would lead you to believe that they'll do something in episode 9 to address that um so i'm reading from fox news it says carrie fisher's legacy will live on in the next star wars movie which has already wrapped shooting and is now in post production according to reports sources told variety that the actress had already finished all her work on episode 8 before her death Tuesday. Obviously, the film's going to come out December um, of 2017. Um, says, Star Wars producers won't ultimately have to address her death until they begin shooting episode 9, which was also expected to feature the actress, who at this point in the series was obviously General Leia Organa. Um, that's kind of all the news. And... Uh, you guys heard anything different on that? No, but what do they do? Like, do they kill her off? Does their ship explode at the end of episode eight? Or do they wait complete? Do they leave everything as is? Wait till episode nine, 
and then somehow work into the early beginnings of episode nine that she's died since the last movie we've I, seen. I think I think uh, <laughs> I think a lot of it depends on on the plot, you know, of episode eight. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna obviously give this eight. changes something, right? Could. I mean, this obviously is, it yeah. depends what was supposed to happen to her character. If her character, you know, nothing significant happened. So so for instance, there's a one of the numerous script leaks air quotes that have come out and so possible spoiler alert um so if you don't want to hear it you know give me about 30 seconds and then turn the radio back up or iphone i I say radio because i listen to the podcast on my radio yeah no i hear you through the car speakers yeah okay i'm not insane people i know i'm not on the radio okay Um, coming at you live (laughs) but uh one of the uh so 30 seconds starting now uh, spoiler alert, um, was now. that at, at, <laughs> at the end of episode eight, um, that she would have been captured and then episode nine is them rescuing her. So, um, similar to like, you know, Han Solo being captured in the second of the, of the trilogy mm-hmm. and being rescued in the third. So, um, if something like that happened, yeah, I mean, what do you do? You, you would have to the rescue was a failure. Yeah, so I mean, I'll give you my hopes for it. What I what I would do if if you know, if if I were there is I would somehow work in a peaceful death where she maybe she dies in her sleep or you know what I mean something to where it's a peaceful. It has to me. It has to be a peaceful thing. Um, kind of like a sweet like a sweet thing, just because it's real life. It's real life. You know what I mean? It's mm. she's, she really is gone. And I think to go, you know, have her go out and uh, explosion. Yeah, I just uh, disrespectful. I could be. I think people could view it as that. That a lot of people won't be able to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Bina? Well, I heard rep- early reports a long, a long while ago when uh, they started filming episode eight. Was uh, I heard that there was a attack on the base on on the uh, resistance base at the beginning spoiler. of the movie? Spoiler! Spoiler! Oh, sorry. Go ahead. These are uh, all rumors. Yeah, this is rumors. This isn't spoiler. Possible spoiler. Unconfirmed. Spoiler. <laughs> unconfirmed. Um, spoiler alert. But I heard that the um, that the base gets uh, gets hit pretty hard, and she kind of gets knocked down to a coma. Um, so she's kind of out for the count. Um, Princess Leia, General Organa is, I guess you would call her, um, for most of the movie, which would bring a kind of a new perspective to Poe Dameron kind of stepping up to the plate as the leader of the resistance. Um, so that's what, um, you know, that's what, uh, that's what I see out of it. Um, you know, that they could possibly use if that's the storyline that, you know, the tough part about trying to make any predictions is, you know, as of up to this point, we know next to nothing about mm-hmm. episode eight other than what characters are in it and that it's the eighth episode. We don't have a title. We don't have any footage. We don't have any inkling of what direction this is going in. What was the uh, title that you heard was being uh, some people were saying? Oh, uh, the yeah, the new one that I heard was the forces of destiny um, right. going along with that f- the force theme. And that, that um, was because someone had... Uh, seeing that that was bought by Disney that that website name or something was that right, right or um i don't remember the Some, actual reason like why that. it was something about yeah that's usually the case when people see that a certain name is bought 
I think it's a if that's the name of it though. I think it's kind of a dumb name. Right. I you know I I'm always gonna go back to it's gonna be something with uh, something about the rise of of the dark or the downfall of the good because it is the lowest part in the series um, unless they go mm-hmm. with something completely obscure um, like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know I'm curious to see, but I'm really ready. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting kind of antsy and. Um, maybe even partially annoyed that you know that we're 12 months away from the release and we still have nothing, not even a title. When did we get our first glimpse of episode seven, though? Uh, I think it was like 14 months before. Was it? So, I, I yeah. think uh, if I had a bet, I, I don't think we'll see. I think they're saving like a teaser trailer, or at least a full trailer anyway, for um, and maybe even the name reveal. I don't know about that, but for uh, Star Wars Celebration in April. Right. I say footage, but at least give us a title to look forward to. I mean, at least that gives us some yeah. idea of what, what's going on or at least some, you know, at least, you know, the Force Awakens, they released, you know, for us, we got to release uh, photos of the new characters and then they did those top cards with the character names, yeah. you know, where they revealed Kylo Ren and Rey and everybody thought they were kind of bogus, you know what I mean? So, um and then we got, you know, and then we got the title, and then we got the footage. You know, we saw the behind-the-scenes photos of the cast getting together. But, I mean, besides, you know, besides them, you know, filming on Oct Two, you know, in that in Ireland, um, you know, you haven't really heard anything else beside it. You know, they've kind of like, you know, in in you know, in, in uh, it's a little bit been a little bit more secretive than the yeah. Force Awakens been. Well, you know, but I understand, you know, from a you know, from a movie production company, you know, they want to, they want to give Rogue One some room to breathe, but. Yeah, it's true. What, uh, so uh, how do you eight. think they'll handle the, um, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia? Be not. Um, I think that they'll handle it well. I mean, I don't think much of the movie will change rather than, uh, you know, maybe they'll have a tribute to her maybe in the, you know, in the, in the credits at some point. You know, in memory of or right. Fort Carey, um, a lot of movies. So, but how do that. you how do you uh, you know Chad and I were talking about kind of how um, you know I hate to, I mean I hate to say it but I mean how they would have her leave Star Wars her character. Yeah, I mean I don't. Yeah, it's uh, you know unless they do, you know a part of me you know it's it's you know you you've seen it go so many different ways. Um, you know I think of the new. You know, I think of the new uh, the new Star Trek movie. Um, you know, they they knew Leonard Nimoy had passed away before they started filming. You know, they put the little thing in there. And, you know, as part of the movie, they put it in there that older Spock had passed away. They just got kind of news of it, and that was a big story arc for the younger Spock, Zachary Quinto. And I know I'm I'm, not, I'm talking Star Wars here, but I'm just using this Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, um, but I'm just using it as an example because they had a deal. Star Trek had to deal with this as well in recent days. Yeah, but I think this is a bigger this is bigger impact because oh yeah for sure. But you know, in you know, but also the Star Trek they had to deal with two deaths. They had to deal with Leonard Nimoy's death, so they addressed yeah. that in the movies with Young Spock, and then they had to deal with Anton Yelchin, who already finished filming his part. Right. And they didn't do reshoots; they just leaved it off. You know, but uh, but I think with that, you know, he can you can uh, you know you can even recast that because you know he's not traditionally known as a character but i mean princess leia is carrie fisher right and they're going to have to they can't recast the character um 
it's you know it's not a time traveling movie so you know they have to they have to do something so right i mean peaceful they, so here's what here's what peaceful do you think they'll do like a peaceful situation kind of like i suggested going out in the blaze of glory maybe it's a sacrificial yeah what you know what i think you know what i would hope going into episode 9 if they don't address anything um I would hope that they would address something early on in the movie and, and have it closely tightened it to something, you know, with the story arc of Kylo Ren. Yeah. I think um, they have to get it. I think they have to do it right in the beginning of episode nine. Just right. address it, you know, and then, and then you have to, then you have to move on, you know, is, right. is what I think. Cause I'm, she's right. not, she's not there. So I would address. love, you know, for me as a fan, you know, and somebody who kind of thinks like these, you know, thinks of these scenarios, you know, especially I used to think of like how I would have done the prequels better. You know, I think every Star Wars fan thinks that through one time in their life. But I think it would be cool to see, you know, start episode nine, Leia's in a ship and uh, she's getting chased by a f- first order Star Destroyer kind of reminiscent to her beginning in a new hope and then you know and then the ship gets blasted maybe mm. even by it maybe hux goes against kylo ren's orders and blows the thing up mm. Mm. you know something like that so yeah. so we'll see i mean it's you know i don't envy the person that has to make that decision um so moving along unless you got something else to chat or uh, to add chad but uh any any other news that you guys have heard in regards to episode eight, other than what we've been talking about? Nope. Um, I, I've heard those rumors. Um, Martin Scorsese movie Silence is coming out, and it has Adam Driver in it. Adam Driver's been pretty, um, you know, going around town. He's doing this movie called Patterson, where he's a bus driver. A um, little bit of, of a change of scene from Star Wars, but he's been going around doing uh you know news news segments and you know different things around town so he's just been talking about how great it's been to uh work with rain rain johnson how much of a genius he is you know just kind of doting on this new director and saying that you know episode eight is really extraordinary and you know yada 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 you know what they usually say before a new movie comes out but nothing of you know significance of any inkling yeah. about what the movie's going to be about so um so let's talk about this real quick. You know, I was going to, um, <laughs> I was going to talk about Ray's parents, and <laughs> and you know, as I um, as I started to think about it, then I saw another theory, and then and then yet another one, and then I was just like, I'm done with it. I'm just done with <laughs> it. I'm just going to wait to see the movie. What what I was going to talk about was the. Um, and for those that are Rebels fans, you'll understand maybe. But uh, the fact of her being Obi-Wan's granddaughter and basically that um, that Obi-Wan and Satine from Clone Wars, who was a Mandalorian, head of the Mandalorians, I think, um, that they had a child who was Sabine from Rebels. And then at some point, Sabine and Ezra from Rebels fall in love, and they have a child, and that child is Rey. And that, in episode eight, uh, how do you say that guy's name? Benicio del Toro, whatever his name is. Benicio del Toro, yeah. Yeah, that uh, he is possibly the Ezra character 
um, because his character hasn't been revealed yet. Um, But anyway, you know, but then you think about like, okay, well, I don't know if the timeline kind of adds up as far as age wise. You know, one of the theories is, well, her last name is Ren. Well, yeah, but it's spelled different. It's W-R-E-N, you know, not uh, like Kylo's Ren is spelled. Um, Then, you know, there's another theory about Luke and Sabine. (laughs) Um, There's, uh, you know, there's more talk about Han Solo and Leia um, that, that they were the actual parents because Daisy Ridley did say that, um, you know, this came out about three or four weeks ago, that uh, she thought that it was obvious who her parents were just by watching The Force Awakens. And that, uh, so in essence, saying that her parents were in the movie, um, that she was surprised that nobody understood it. Um, I'm just done with it. You guys can feel free, but I, I, as of today, I've made the decision. I'm just. I'm just gonna wait till the movie comes out and just take whatever they give me, because at this point I'm just exhausted. So, you know, I thought you might have had some uh, a new theory, or, or do you have any uh, say on who you think? Well, I just heard that one kind of far out theory, <laughs> um, where <laughs> now follow me here, folks. Oh boy, um, Poe Dameron's parents—they're in a comic. Um, they get the Force Tree. Chad, you might need to refresh me on their names. I don't know. Mr. and Miss Dameron. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Dameron. Have Poe Dameron. And then at some point in time, um, obviously Han and Leia get together and have have Ben Solo, which is Kylo Ren. And then at some point in time, uh, Poe Dameron's mother dies. Uh, I don't know if she died in any of the comics. Has she, Chad? No, not yet. Okay, so at one point in time, she dies, and then Poe Dameron's father and Leia get together, and <laughs> they have Ray. So Ray, Kylo Ren, and Poe Dameron are somehow all half siblings. Oh my word! I Talk think about that's like a days of our lives. That's a real that's a real space opera right Disney there. Being okay <laughs> with that. The problem is they all just become too much to explain to an average fan. Like you shouldn't, you can't expect an average fan to know stuff about rebels. That's yeah. You that's why I was gonna say with that with that whole theory is you're introducing characters that yeah, yeah they're part of canon, but those people that just which is the majority just go see the movies, they're gonna they're gonna have any idea who any of those people are. Right. You know, and only, I I have one only, other theory besides yeah. all this. My whole other theory is is that Leia is the <laughs> first is the first born. Skywalker woman since Shmi. Huh? Okay. 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 So Leia and like it's the same it's the same birth scenario as Anakin. Oh, that she just had no father. Right, so there's no father <clears throat> and the, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a possibility. The other uh <laughs> the other one that I've been hearing was that she's Luke's clone that someone got a hold of his hand, and this well, was in did, like the legends. Yeah, yeah. I'll say they did that in the old comics. Um, it wasn't a girl; it was no Luke, another Luke or whatever. I think they put an extra U in his name or something. But right. uh, Luke, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, whatever. I'm just done with it. Feel free, people, to uh, keep your th- theories and going around. But uh, I'm done. Just waiting for the movie. Okay, fair enough. 
Are you done with Snoke? Are you done with Snoke too, buddy? No, I'm, you know, no. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Leia's got See, that's screw that's up. a good sign though for for the the Star Wars movies that we've had to know that obviously there's they've they've been they're known for doing big reveals, you know, Luke, I am your father. Um, Ben Solo and have us guessing at multiple things from the first movie or the seventh movie you know um, is is, is a credit to them it has people talking about it and that's what they definitely want to happen well well, this is and this is the the only time since you know the original trilogy that Star Wars fans can't predict the ending sure and you know I was talking to my dad about that I was like you know I can't. I grew up when the original trilogy was already around, so I already mm-hmm. knew. You know, Darth Vader, Luke, I am your father was already a famous catchphrase. You know, it wasn't no spoiler to me when I watched it as a kid. Sure. And then the prequels show up for me, and you always knew what the end game was. It was just about taking the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Then you know, then they come out with the Force Awakens. That's something new. You know, and this is the first time we're scratching our heads. Even now with the Star Wars stories, you get Rogue One. Well. They're going to get the Death Star plans. <laughs> They're going to end up giving them the Leia. They're going to end up blowing up the Death Star. Right. You know, you know, credit to them that, you know, they still add that suspense in the movie that I'm, you know, interested in, you know, the end game. But, you know, this is the first time as Star Wars fans since Empire Strikes Back that you're saying, okay, well, where are we going here? Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. So we'll see. December. Um,. Hey, so since you brought up uh, Poe Dameron and Princess Leia, you know, just real quick, um, Marvel's uh, Poe Dameron series is going to pay tribute to Carrie Fisher. Um, So they are, um, uh, I'll just read this this verbatim here. It says, the world is reeling from the untimely death of Carrie Fisher earlier this week, and right now the folks at Disney Lucasfilm are probably figuring the best way to properly honor Fisher's iconic Princess Leia in future Star Wars films. But comics take a lot less time to produce the movies. And already comics creators who grew up with Fisher's iconic portrayal are finding ways to pay tribute. Because of Fisher's sudden passing, Marvel's Poe Dameron writer Charles Soule announced on Twitter that he has plans to reshape a scene in an upcoming issue to recognize the Star Wars legend. In his tweet, Soule said, There's a funeral in Poe Dameron number 14 and Leia's present. Uh, writing that scene today, so he was writing it today, wasn't originally about her, but now it will be. The current Poe Dameron series is drawn by artist Phil Noto, who released a lovely rendition of Fisher as Leia on Twitter, um, which you can see, which you can't see above, but we will, uh, (laughs) we will, uh, put it on our Twitter, but, um, that's going to hit, that issue is going to hit early 26, 2017. Um, so anyway, thought that was interesting. So how about we move on to, uh, Rebels? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not Rebels. You want to do Rebels no. now? No. No. Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Get so ready Rogue for One. Brian to be Debbie Downer over here. No, I will not. And I, I understand that, uh, there are some people who have spoken to other members of the podcast and said that we were too negative. I said, I liked the movie. Get off my back! The movie. I just, you know, you come in with some expectations, and and uh, you knew there wasn't a crawl. There was no expectation there. All right, okay. Haters gonna hate. 
Yeah, I didn't hate it though. Didn't hate it. Um, but uh, I've not seen it again. I wanted to try to see it again before we did this podcast, but it just hasn't worked out. Chad, how many times have you seen it now? Twice. I've seen it twice total. Twice. Yeah. Brian, have you seen it again? No. Oh no. my! I'm done. Signing off. <laughs> Uh, was it better the second time around? Yes, Chad? absolutely. Yeah. It was, and I feel like actually it'll be that way for me, where I'll be able to just to sit back and just enjoy it, you know, rather than picking it Pick. apart. So, um, that's what the second time is about. The first time is about enjoying it, and I think you have it a little backwards, Brian. No, well, Rogue One box office uh, numbers. Uh, we've gone three hundred fifty million. We've passed 350 million domestically, 650 million worldwide, and still the number one movie as we speak. Um, the Walt Disney Blockbuster has now earned 358 million in 13 days of release. That's domestically, becoming the fourth fastest film of all time um, to make said sprint, behind only The Avengers, <clears throat> Jurassic World, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, it's 13-day totals, also the fourth best ever behind the Avengers, Jurassic World, and The Force Awakens. So, um, regarding Wednesday's single-day grosses, it's the 26th biggest Wednesday. Now, now we're just getting into... Anyway, it's making a lot of money. And it'll probably money. hit the $1 billion mark by this weekend. So, it still hasn't opened in China. I don't think that opens till next week. I could be wrong, but I thought that's what I had read. Um... But uh, so it's making big money. Appears to be a success um, overall. So, you guys hear any other news about Rogue One? You hear any reaction from your peeps? Uh, Chad? No, go ahead. No, I have nothing to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just good thing we have you on, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I've talked to has, has enjoyed it. Um, Carter and I went and saw it with my brother, um, and we saw it in 3D for the second time. I think we went Christmas Eve day. Oh, so you saw it in 3D twice. No, I saw it in a... 2D the first time. 3D the second oh, time. Oh, the second. Okay, I understand. Yeah, I understand. so the second time my brother, my son, and I yes. went and saw it in 3D. And it's good in 3D. Uh, I'd say The Force Awakens was still better in 3D, just the yeah. bigger you know, landscapes and things was Did was you prefer impressive. 3D for Rogue One over... No, no I didn't prefer 2D. either way. Yeah. I liked them both. They were both fun. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did notice that may just be the theater, it, in 3D, because of the glasses, everything was a little darker, like yeah. just brightness-wise, and it was a little harder to see things. In certain scenes, and I, I think like that was Tarkin's, just, Tarkin's face. No, just in general, I just I think that was just because of the glasses tint. Yeah, because I would take them off and I could see a lot better. Yeah, maybe you're um, just getting old. That yeah, that's also a possibility. But uh, Chad's yeah, forty three, forty three today. Not true. No, oh. not that. No, um, but it, it's yeah to be able to go and watch it. Oops, sorry. Oh, so that loud bang. Uh, to be able to go and watch it for uh, just to enjoy it again and maybe look for some things I didn't notice the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the Rebel um, tie-ins or Easter eggs that we talked about um, in, in our spoiler cast, which are we going to spoil stuff here again? Is it okay to do that? or Yeah, no, not? spoil it. Okay, so yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, why are you listening to this podcast? 
Um, I mean, you still do. Don't get me wrong, but go watch the movie. Um, but to see Chopper and actually see yeah. him was cool. Cause so you knew, actually I, got to see that part now that you were looking yeah, for it. I knew where he was. I knew when it was going to happen. And, yep, you see him rolling right along. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Um, and to see the ghost in the atmosphere above Scarif. Totally. It was in, the ghost was in another spot. Yep. Um, he, you saw it there when they first came in, and then you actually saw it, you saw it from the front as well. Well, so you're talking about still in the in Scarif, in flight. Yeah. There's when they're on Yavin four, it's in the hangar. There's it. a glimpse of it in the hangar. That's, and there's, yeah. if you read entertainment weekly, um, the newest steps, the newest episode, the newest one that came out, they actually have a page of all the rebels, That's uh, parts Easter in there. Eggs. Yeah. Easter was, eggs. Was there more? And then the dark saber one, was there more besides that? Um, they didn't bring up the dark saber one. I don't think they understand that, but, um, they talked about the General Sedula one that where they did confirm that it is talking about Hera because there's yeah. some talk. Well, is it her or is it her father? Chain, no, it's, yeah. So it's actually her for sure. Um, uh, Chopper, uh, Saw Guerrero, you know, because Rich he's going to be yeah. yeah. Um, man, I, I I meant to bring that with me for this and I and I forgot to uh, to do that. So um, I think we hit all. I think yeah. we hit all of them. But it was um, it just to watch those and look for those being fans of the cartoon show um, yeah. was was cool. And to point those out to Carter because we watched those together yeah. um, was fun. And then my brother, who doesn't watch Rebels, um, not because he doesn't like to, just based on time, to tell him that they're tying them in together. He's, he was like, that's that's pretty cool that they would yeah. do that. Um, but yeah, that was that was fun. And then Tarkin's not as bad second time around like you know you see it for the first time and it's jarring because it's it's obvious that it's not a real person yeah. the face anyways but coming watching it the second time and paying closer attention like looking at it not critically but just looking at it on purpose yeah. it's done very 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 well um ilm did a fantastic job i would say probably the best cgi now going back and looking at it in anything that I've ever seen before. Um, I've had conversations with people being a gamer, uh, South Dakota Gamer Podcast. Go ahead and listen to that. Um, we, I've seen a lot of really good CGI, a lot of good motion capture with the actors. I mean, people aren't just voicing roles. You know, they're putting on the little ping pong balls over their face and body and doing acting. Right. Um, and Uncharted 4 is a game that came out this summer, spring, um, that has probably some of the best motion capture i've seen with facial animations eye movements you know slight smiles smirks eyebrows and i was talking to another guy saying that you know you look at that and it's a cartoon video game surrounded by an environment that's exactly the same it's also a video game it's a cartoon so it it doesn't like it's like it flows in our brains yeah right but then you take a real-world environment like the Death Star or wherever Tarkin is at, and then you throw in a computerized image, it sends your brain, you're like, whoa, something's off. Yeah. Not because it's bad, but just because it's surrounded by real real things. Um, and I think that's where the jarring comes in. But when I went back and I watched it intentionally, it is some of the best CGI I've seen. And really, it's really hard to tell that it's... They did a fantastic job of of taking Peter Cushing's 
likeness and making it believable and realistic and not uncanny valley, you know, dead eyes staring off in the distance, but feeling emotion or lack thereof because he is Tarkin. Um, They did a fantastic job. Leia, on the other hand, is almost too perfect. Looking at it again, and my brother said a good, he made a good point. He's like, it's almost like she's a Barbie doll. Yeah. Like she's porcelain. Like it's, she's perfect. There are no flaws. There are no blemishes. She's, it's a split second. She doesn't say much, but it's just like, it's just, it's, there's no human flaws at all. She's just perfect. And that's a little, I think Tarkin's better than Leia in that aspect. Cause Tarkin's mm. got all kind of flaws. That's uh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. And I think the biggest question with those things is, um, cause I remember when they first started coming, you know, coming up with this, you know, the, the CGI face faces, you know, where, where they had the likeness. Um, I remember probably the first time ever seeing it was, um, they did it all the way back in like 2006 where they tried to make uh, Patrick Stewart and, and Ian McKellen's faces look younger in X-Men The Last Stand. Sure. Um, I remember one that's really bad when you watch it again is um, is Jeff Bridges and Tron Legacy. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. Yeah, I that. saw that. Um, you watch The Scorpion King with The Rock and he's that big. That was real, real bad. Right. I, I saw that. No, that's, no, no, no. That's The Mummy 2. I thought well, he was the Scorpion King. That was his character. Right. It's all. It's all the same. Yeah. Um, it's all terrible. Same. Terrible. Um, and then, terrible. and then, um, you know, and then we see, uh, you know, and then we see, um, you know, what they've done in recent days with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, um, where they have him younger, and then they also have um, um, a guy, you know, the young Hamp Pym, uh, a young Michael Douglas at the beginning of Ant Man. Yeah. So um, I think which, the younger stuff works really good. Yeah, but that wasn't that. You know what? Something my dad told me was that 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 Michael Douglas from the beginning of Ant Man that wasn't Michael Douglas that they made him age younger. That was another actor that they made in the likeness of him. Hmm. So it was the same similar thing. You know, obviously using an actor that's still alive now today, but you know, still that technology has come a long way. But I think the, I think the biggest question right now, yeah. you know, as a Star Wars fan, is will that hold will up. Tarkin hold up the test of time? Yeah, that's the thing. Or they have to go and re remaster it because right. yeah, you ten years from now, will it be like we've come so far? I'll be like, oh, that's terrible. I can't, it's unwatchable. Yeah. Right. Well, the good news is I can't see them ever doing that again. There's really, there's really no reason to, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you know I would love you know it would be cool to see you know if they ever did it you know even if there's a cameo you know doing an Ian McK- doing an Alec Guinness you know Ian McGregor kind of mix. No, I think you just use Ian McGregor. Or or they bring or they have to do it with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Episode nine. How dare you? No, they I'm won't just do that. saying. There's no way. You don't know. No, no there's way. always a way. No, it's right. always a possibility, Brian. They won't do it. There'd be so much backlash. So, yeah, I'm just curious to see if they'll if they'll do any of this kind of stuff in the, um, you know, if it was their test to see if it would work for the Han Solo movie again. I think I said that two podcasts ago. You know, you know, you I would ridiculed pre- you for it profusely. I, yeah, okay, but I, you know, I would prefer it. I just think you know, if you're gonna do it with these other characters, you might as well do it. Yeah. So. Um... So obviously, you know, another thing, we know there was a lot of reshoots in Rogue One, 
and um, Ben Mendelson, who plays director Orson Krennic, he says there's enough footage left over for an entirely different Rogue One. Um, so that's kind of interesting. We, uh, from what I've heard, they wrote uh, what I've seen and read. Uh, <clears throat> they were all supposed to live. Yeah. Um, which would have been hard to explain, I think. I was surprised when I heard that they were all supposed to live. Well, wasn't that based on them thinking Disney wouldn't let them be dark enough to kill them all? Right. And then, but it's like you have to. And Disney's like, no, yeah, tell the story. Yeah. So, um, and I guess you know, Mendelssohn was saying they they shot uh, multiple versions of scenes. Um, so. Mm. You know, he said as he was watching it, it was mm. interesting to him to see which ones, which versions they chose. Mm. So, um, deleted. Do you guys don't? Do you guys know how? Uh, do you guys know how far uh, in the future Rogue One is compared to where we are in Rebels? Uh, I feel like isn't it a, only a year or so? Really? Because Rebels only has one more season left. You'll have the the finish of season three. And then you'll have season four and it's over. That's that's confirmed? So, yeah, okay. season four will be the end. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know for sure. We'd, I'd have to look that up. All right, so moving right along. You know, one thing I had for you guys to do, a, uh, um, I looked up the search results for the Rotten Tomato reviews of all the Star Wars films, including uh, Rogue One. Hmm. So... What do you think Rogue One got on Rotten Tomatoes? Hmm. I'd seen it, like, the very first day or two that it was out. I don't know if it's yeah. changed much. As, so as of today. Let me guess. So are we guessing or are you just going to tell us? What do you think it is? No, Let guess. me tell you. Guess. Guess. 87. Eight. B-Nob? 81. 85%. Now, what do you think the highest rated Star Wars film is? Well, did they retcon the four, the old ones when Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah. you can Rotten Tomato Any anything. Movie. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah. So, I'm just gonna so say an. Think? I'm just gonna say an Empire Strikes Back with a 97. It is Empire Strikes Back with a 94. Oh wow! So, what do you think uh, Force Awakens got? 90. Be knob. And 89. 92. So, Force Awakens got 92. Rogue One got 85 percent. And obviously, that can change, but. It's like, that's kind of interesting. Kind of gives you a view of what people think. Um, so here you go. Phantom Menace is the worst. No, I take that back. Yeah, I know it is. At 55%. Uh, Phantom Menace is at 55%. Cack of the Clones is at 65%. Um, Revenge of the Sith is at 79%. Uh, Rogue One, as we said, is at 85%. Star Wars A New Hope is at 93. Empire is, uh, what do we say, 90, 94. 
Return of the Jedi is at 80. So, Rogue One actually is rated on this better than uh, Return of the Jedi. So, hmm. anyway. Right, and what, what really gets me is giving Return of the Jedi a point higher than Revenge of the Sith, which I think is kind of sad, but... Yeah. I think I think I think Return of the Jedi definitely deserves a, a 90 category. I think, it, I think at 90, you know. Uh well, so is 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 Force Awakens better than Return of the Jedi? Maybe. Hmm. It's interesting. It's cuz those freaking Ewoks. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh Yeah, you know, it <clears throat> and it's it's interesting, yeah, because so much has changed in filmmaking between now and then. Right. You know, it's kind of hard, but uh, I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> so there you go, all those people that thought I was being negative. The movie was not Force Awakens, and it wasn't Empire or Star Wars. It was still good. Rogue One was good. It was respectable. Much better than Phantom Menace. Much better than Attack of the Clones. I put it kind of equal or a little above Revenge of the Sith. Um, is kind of where I put it. So I, I, I did enjoy it. I think it's so. way better than Revenge of the Sith. Same. And I, th- and I think that Rogue One did a lot to to uh, to add a lot more depth and and meaning to the other movies. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it served a great purpose and it was a great start off film. And like I said in the last podcast, it makes a new hope. So I, I, I don't think you can judge it in the same way that it is. It's something all of its own. And as a Star Wars fan, it, it just brings so much more to the table. So yeah. it's way, well, better it's your, than, yeah. way better than Revenge of the Sith. And I would just group it together with A New Hope as a fantastic two-part movie um, about the takedown of the Death Star. Yeah. And I didn't. I did not get to watch A New Hope like directly after, like like some people have, and a lot of people are actually saying that. I know you guys are saying that, um, and a lot of people online are, are making the same statements that it it actually changes A New Hope now um, when they watch A New Hope. So totally. you know, even to like, <clears throat> there's that scene where uh, they're like in the conference room on the Death Star. There's an empty mm-hmm. chair, and that's like the big thing right now. People are saying that was for Krennic, right. you know, but but he's gone now, so. Um, but they never even thought about that until they see it now. Um, so anyways, a lot of, a lot of things like that. All right. So let's move on to rebels. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of been hit or miss this season. Um, you know, we talked about iron squadron. Uh, I think we talked about the when Kathu job. I'm sure. I'm not saying that correctly. Um, the last two episodes were probably the best, um, or not the best, but probably the best out of the last few. Um, an inside man. Um, Ezra and Kanan return to Lothal to scout out the Imperial factory there, intending to destroy it with the help of local resistance cell led by Azid. They managed to infiltrate the factory disguised as workers in order to gain intelligence on a new weapon the Empire is developing. However, Thrawn is also present in the factory and locks it down, suspecting suspecting rebel spies are sabotaging the vehicles um, that are being made there. So Ezra, Kanan, and Chopper manage to steal the weapon data, and assisted by Callus, who reveals that he is Fulcrum, which I think everybody kind of already assumed. The three manage to escape the factory and stolen walkers and get the data to the rebels. After analyzing the data, they discover that Thrawn is developing a new type of TIE fighter, the TIE Defender, which, unlike other TIE Fighters, comes equipped with shields. 
Thrawn deduces that the rebels could not have retrieved the data without help from the inside. However, instead of hunting for the spy, Thrawn decides to wait, as he usually does, intending to use the spy against the rebels. So I thought that was a great episode. I liked to see that the rebels are finding ways to uh, bring down the Empire. That's a, something new that we have not seen before. Them actually building the vehicles and machines that the Empire uses and actually uh, tampering with them so that they are defective. I, Thoughts, I just like gentlemen? seeing Thrawn and his strategy being not really knowing where he's going, but knowing he's got a big picture plan and waiting for him just to pull the rug out from him somewhere, you know, is, is fun to watch. Right, seeing the long con mm-hmm. of Thrawn. Yeah, so he's got to. Uh, we'll see the mid, the, you know, the second half of the season if um, if he's finally going to take some action. Um, but I, I thought it was a good episode. Thoughts on Fulcrum being callous? Duh. Uh, already talked. About uh, it's that. okay. Yeah. It's okay. I like yeah. I like the Ahsoka twist better. That was that was uh, a huge one. That was a that was a good one. So um, yeah, I like the Ahsoka yeah. one better. Um, moving forward the rest of the season, I want them to finish off Maul and give Maul well, a good ending. Let's, let's get to uh, Visions and Voices, because that was the episode that came next. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, the rest of the season. Um, so Vision and Voices was, was probably the, the best episode out of the entire uh, first half of the season. Um, Ezra is plagued by Visions of Maul, who approaches him and Kanan as they consult the Bendu. Offering a deal, Maul threatens to reveal <clears throat> Chopper base to the Empire unless Ezra accompanies him to complete a ritual in order to reveal to both of them that the information they sought from the Jedi and Sith holocrons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maul and Ezra arrive on Dathomir, where they use dark magic to complete their holocron vision, a desert planet with two suns, where what they both seek is located. As a ritual completes, Ezra and Maul are attacked by the spirits of the Night Sister clan. Kanan and Sabine arrive, having tracked Ezra to Dathomir, but they are possessed by the Night Sisters and made to attack Ezra and Maul. Maul escapes, and Ezra uses the Force to push Sabine out of the range of the altar, which is the source of the spirit's power. He offers himself to the Night Sisters to free Kanan, but then destroys the altar. As they leave, Sabine grabs the Dark Saber which we'll talk about, used by Maul. Kanan asks Ezra about his vision, and he reveals that his means to defeat the Sith and target of Maul's vengeance are one and the same, the Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the Darksaber. You know, we saw a reference in Rogue One to, um, did they call it the Darksaber, Chad, or did they call it something else? No, they called it the Darksaber. Yeah, so they actually called it the Dark Saber when Jin was looking through the the Empire's files. So I thought that was interesting. But there's some history there. I'm gonna play a, a quick, quick uh, clip of that from the episode, and then Chad just fill us in on the rest of the history because that saber will play a role in the um, the second half of the season and, and maybe even more. gathered many things, secrets to help us restore our memories. Look at all this junk. Do not touch anything. These are artifacts from my past, from a time when my power was almost absolute. Uh, 
Get away from there! Is that a lightsaber? Indeed. Yes, but not like any that you would know. If your Mandalorian friend was here, <laughs> she could explain it to you. So we don't have our Mandalorian friend here, but we do have Chad. So, Chad, <laughs> please explain to us about the Darksaber. Okay, the Darksaber is a lightsaber um, that was used by the Jedi, and it was a Jedi art, uh, weapon. <clears throat> but then when the Old Republic fell, um, there was a battle with the Jedi and the Mandalorians, and the Mandalorians stole the Darksaber from the Jedi during that time uh, of the fall of the Old Republic. Um, it fell into the hands of one, uh, let's see here, Pre Vizsla, who his, his last name is very similar to mine. Um, and uh, he was kind of the military leader on Mandalore. Mandalorians are known to be warriors, uh, but as that planet kind of became more civilized, there was a group of people that wanted to be part of the Senate and still, you know, kind of want to become more of a recognized government but then there was a group of warriors that did not want that to happen um they they kind of sectioned off uh, with this previsla and he had that weapon um it was used we first saw it in the clone wars and uh obi-wan fights previsla um, when he comes to uh help satine and he fights him with his lightsaber and the guy has he's not a jedi at all but he's military trained so he's decent with a sword and this dark saber doesn't look like your typical lightsaber it looks more like a katana um it's got a curved blade and it comes to a point at the end whereas the lightsabers are usually just kind of straight um and rounded towards the end um and it has a hilt that it almost looks like it would go inside obviously it's a lightsaber so it comes out still but it looks more like a hilt than a lightsaber does um and they fight obi-wan defeats him um but then when it comes into darth maul uh darth maul actually has a run-in with Previsla as well, and he defeats Previsla and steals the dark saber. And I'm very condensing because, or condensing a lot of information in a short amount of time. Time passes, and he basically goes to face Darth Sidious because Darth Maul's pissed, as we've learned in the Clone Wars and here. Um, he's not a fan of the Sith. He's not a fan of the Jedi. He's not a fan of anyone because the the Sith left him to die. He obviously survived. So he went to go fight his old master and kill him, and Sidious defeats him. He defeats uh, Darth Maul in, in combat and is taken as prisoner. Um, and there the Darksaber kind of just disappears. Um, we assume that they take it you know, from Maul. Maul eventually escapes from the prison that he's in. He finds out where uh, the Darksaber is at. Um, he actually fights... Uh, um, well, for crying out loud, uh, Grievous with it um, for a while. Um, and he eventually does get it back. And here we find him on Danthamir, which is his home planet with the Darksaber in tow. Um, so it's a Mandalore, it's a Jedi weapon originally. Um, why it's different, why it's made differently, I don't, I don't know the answers to that. Maybe you guys have more info on that specifically. Um, but it's just shown as an old Jedi weapon stolen um, from them by the Mandalorians. And now Darth Maul has it. Um, and obviously, well, he had it. 
And when he leaves, because the spirits of the sisters are basically yeah, basically threatening to possess him, he just hightails it. Um, and then Sabine ends up picking it up. Now, um, Brian sent me a YouTube clip um, from some of the guys and creators and producers on the Rebel Show, and they say the part of the reason why that's a big deal is because it's always been seen as a, a weapon of power. When the uh, Vizsla had it on Mandalore, he was seen as leader. And while having that, he was seen as someone in charge. When Maul had it, he was it was powerful. And there was a lot of power there. And now, it has fallen into Sabine's hand, who is Mandalorian as well. So I think we've heard and talked about here how she's going to take a bigger role in this season. And that hasn't really happened yet. So I'm going to assume that that's our second half of the season, that she may have more of a lead, you know, in in the show, and the Darksaber is probably going to tie into that somehow. So, um, so yeah, with that, you know, with Sabine getting it, she, uh, uh, we'll see what happens with her. You know, does she go and kind of lead the Mandalorians now because she has the Darksaber and they see that as, Whoever has that's kind of our leader, um, or is, you know, does it go a different route? Mm-hmm. But uh, it is interesting that they did bring it back, um, and that it was also an Easter egg that nobody seems to be talking about in uh, in Rogue One. Um, yeah, that's the first one anyway. I noticed. Yeah. So, um, all right, and then obviously the big part of that episode was Obi Wan, and I'm not. I was going to play the clip. Um, you know, we won't do that for time's sake, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, they have their vision, Darth Maul and Ezra do, and, uh, you know, they talk about the twin sons again. Ezra again asks, what's the key to destroying the Sith? And Maul's asking, where is he? And, um, and then, you know, Ezra says, I can't believe it. He's still alive or, you know, could he still be alive? And so they see Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Kanan asks, Ezra what he saw and he says I you know we have to go find Obi-Wan Kenobi um but they don't know what planet he's on they um they just know there's two suns and apparently there must be a lot of planets with two suns because they seem baffled as to uh, what planet that would be right so but either way that's the big the big news um so we should see Obi-Wan in this, uh, in the second part of season three, so and we know that Saw Gerrera is going to be in season, the rest of season three. So we know he knows Obi Wan as well. Um, now whether he knows his location or not, who knows? But uh, some big things happening on Rebels. It's cool that they bring Saw, who knows Jin so well, into you know Hera and Keenan and Ezra's life. And to tie that, you know, that they know Saw and Saw knows Jin, you know, obviously we get to the point where Sindola, General Sindola, obviously knows of Jin, has to. Yeah. She's part of the battle. And then, you know, where where is Ezra and Kanan at that point? You know, the only thing is that in, in Rogue One, they did say that Saw abandons right. Jin when she's like 16. So maybe it's in that time frame. Sure. So they don't have to explain that. Sure. The, the question I have is, you know, Ezra and Kanan have to die somehow or something because how does, if, if Sadula's still around for Rogue One, how do you not <laughs> use Kanan and say, Ezra? 
Yeah, Let's hey, send these guys. Them I got, down. I, there's two Jedi's, and Saul knows there's two Jedi's, so does, right? So does do you do you presume? I I'm wondering if, like you mentioned, next season's the last season, season four. Do they end yeah. it right then before, you know, before the movie Rogue One? Do they end Start a Rogue One. Rebels leading right up to? There's a big battle coming. This girl has been found that supposedly knows how to get into you know the death star the plans to the superstar destroyer thing and and we got we got to head to Yavin and something happens on the way or right before and Kanan and Ezra are lost you know and only she survives and I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know how to pull it all together but it'll be interesting um, I I wonder if that's where it ends right before that everybody everybody dies in the battle of scarif <laughs> yeah yeah but my point is though they they can't be alive at that point. Not Ezra, Ezra and, Kanan. and Kanan. You can't have Jedi's alive in Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, because you would during s- that you would time send period. them in for sure. Right. Right. So uh, it's cool though. It is cool. It is very cool. Uh, I like that it yeah. I love I mean you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they tie characters' backstories in and it makes it makes the story more interesting and deeper, like B Nob has said tying a, a, a animated series into a big budget movie to the point where you're putting chopper in it and mentioning things is super cool and and super long big picture yeah. long vision on the whole universe that they're trying to create right. and i love it you know if, if dc could just get with like marvel and now disney which i know disney owns marvel but figure their stuff out just give it a know. few more years disney will buy dc too and they'll own the monopoly on yeah the comic books that's what it needs <laughs> disney will um, own the world of entertainment uh so we're gonna play one last clip this is the uh then we'll wrap this puppy up um this is the uh, Saul Guerrero featurette, um, and a, you know it's a little bit of a clip of what's ahead for season three, but it's more specifically talking about Saul Guerrero, and we hear from Dave Filoni, Fioni, as he talks about um, Saul and the importance of having him back on uh, on Rebels. Sagrera is maybe the original rebel. He is the first one in a long line of people that got trained by Jedi to fight for themselves to save their planets during the Clone Wars. He's the beginning of what would eventually become the Rebel Alliance. One of the points of the story group is to make everything feel connected and legitimate. We wanted to create a connection between Rebels and Rogue One that was on the heels of the movie coming out. And it just ended up making a lot of sense that Saw would be kind of our connective tissue. Because Rebels is in the timeline is before Rogue One, there's so much time there that you don't get to know. We could kind of build up, and since I did Saw when he was young, I can help create that time period in between. There's the myth and there's the man, and sometimes his methods are extreme. He's just someone that doesn't believe in playing nice all the time. He believes the time for negotiating is gone. The Empire is ready to wipe them all out. 
and that they're developing the means to do so. He doesn't have a name for it, but he is talking about the Death Star. It's good to see you alive, my old friend. So, you're Jedi. We do our best. Never thought I'd meet another Jedi, much less two. One of the things that yeah, happens sometimes is we get some of the actors from the films to come in and portray their characters. And uh, Forrest Whitaker came in and played uh, Saw Gerrera uh, on Star Wars Rebels, which was absolutely tremendous. Forrest did a great job at capturing Saw in a way that he is both a bit mad, a bit crazed, a bit afraid, but also a bit sympathetic. He sees something coming and no one will listen to him to take action before it's too late. All right, so there you have it. Pretty cool um, that, uh, that they're working him into it. We'll actually get to see how he, uh, how he was injured um, and uh, how he came about using the machine and so on and so forth. So anyway, final thoughts, guys, on anything Rogue One, Rebels. Go see Rogue One again, you fools. Yeah, I want to. I want you. B9, have you got any final thoughts? Yeah, make sure that you uh, keep your eye out for Star Wars Episode Eight stuff and uh, keep your eye out for Star Wars Land down in Disneyland and Disney World. Oh, that would be... I can't wait to go to that. Yeah, B-Nob, uh, B-Nob's going to have a special contest where he's going to pay for him and uh, a listener to go, I think. Awesome. So look forward to that contest announcement. Yeah. Uh, thank you, B-Nob. But uh, anyway, hey, you know what? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Star Wars Ramp Podcast. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Um, Join us next week. And uh, until then, we'll talk to you later. Adios. The Force be with you.